1: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up the Windsors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. Well, Michelle, this is a bit bizarre for us because we've been going hundreds speeds a minute. And now we're slowly getting back into our new normal of royal news, royal roundups. And it's not been
0: like this for a few weeks, has it? No, I think I'm out of practice, to be honest. We we actually wrote our notes and doing all the r- research behind the scenes. And it felt quite weird, didn't it? Because it wasn't <laughs> just like us documenting or explaining how we felt. It's like, oh, we're back to work now. And it's just... <laughs> And also, just how much of a big hole Queen Elizabeth has left in our royal engagements, really, hasn't she? Yeah, I mean, I think like many
1: of you out there, royal community, we're still getting used to having a king, aren't we? It's just it still hasn't sunk in properly, and Mm. I think that's gonna it's gonna be that way for a long
0: while, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to still slip up and call him Prince Charles at some point, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it is it's a lot of getting used to. And today we're going to talk you through some of the changes that have happened. And we're also going to give you a lovely of some of the royal engagements, as well as William and Catherine in Wales. So lots to look forward to on this week's episode. But firstly, we want to just give a massive shout out to every single one of you, everyone. Yes, you listening right now. Thank you so much for being here. And also, we've had so many new listeners, haven't we, Rage? We
1: really have. And it's amazing. It takes something like losing the Queen to build this whole community. But that's what we're here for at the end of the day, isn't it? We're all in the same boat as such. We all love talking about the Royals. And yeah, we just have to get on with our new normal now don't we
0: absolutely absolutely so we want to just welcome you all royal community every single one of you is so important to share in our love and our passion so if you know anyone who loves the royal family just as much as we do then share the podcast with somebody let them know about the podcast and we can all be part of the royal community together i also want to say that before queen elizabeth passed away we had lots of voice notes from the rural community because we started this new segment of share your views and we had so many, but it just didn't feel like the right time to bring the voice notes in, but we're going to be starting again. Yeah. So if you'd
1: like to be part of any of our episodes, anything we'd speak about, then drop us a voice note over on our Instagram, keeping up the Windsor's pod. And let us know your views on the news
0: for the week that we've had. Exactly. If you would also love to support the podcast, keep us on the air. You can do that over on Kofi. You can go and buy us a coffee or become part of the VIP Royal community over on Kofi. And if you become part of our VIP Royal community,
1: we've just started a private Facebook group, which you will be invited to. It's a place where we
0: can all come together and talk about the Royals. Like I say, this for us is about being in community, talking about things that we love. So yeah, I feel like we've made some really, really good friends in the process of having the podcast yeah. and the YouTube channel and the Instagram. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. It really is.
1: So dear listener, if you've only just joined us and you're new to part of this journey, let's talk about the podcast. We usually have a Royal Roundup and the Royal Roundup consists of Little bits of information, little bits of news that's happened throughout the week. And then we have a bigger section called the Royal News, which is one or two stories
0: that we think have been the biggest news stories for that week. So what we're going to do is we're going to go straight into the Royal Roundup for this week. So as we
1: transition from the funeral of Her Majesty the Queen, We now have a new headstone at St. George's Chapel in Windsor Castle. And this is where the Queen has been laid to rest with Prince Philip, with her mother and father and her sister, Princess Margaret. So now a new headstone is in the chapel and it will have the names of King George VI, Queen Elizabeth the Queen Mother, then it will have the insignia of the Order of the Garter, then it will have Queen Elizabeth II and then Prince Philip on this one headstone. So it's not in your face. If you've ever been to St. George's Chapel, there are lots of monuments. There's lots of marble statues of monarchs throughout the years. But her family in particular, very, very understated. Unless you were actually really looking for it, you probably wouldn't even notice this there.
0: Yeah. If you do ever go visit Windsor, we've got a vlog on it over on YouTube. We've also spoken about it on the podcast here as well. We've been, It's probably one of the most visited castles we've been to. It is very unassuming and please feel free to talk to any of the volunteers that are working there. They're so knowledgeable and they will help guide you to where it is. Uh, yeah, and it's very unassuming. You're right, Rach. I think, to be honest, and this is my kind of hunch, I think in a uh, 100 years, 200 years' time, it's actually going to be a lot grander and they'll probably create some kind of memorial somewhere else. But right now, I think this, this really fits them as a family. So moving on...
1: We've had some changes to the Royal Websites and the Royal Socials show, haven't we?
0: Yeah, and they've just come out of the Royal Morning on Tuesday, didn't they? Which was yesterday. We're actually recording this on Wednesday, 28th of September. And it kind of just like woke me up a little bit. Oh, (laughs) right. So we're going from black to red again with the, you know, the logos and stuff like that. And wasn't there like a new picture for the Royal Family? Yeah, so it's a
1: picture of the King and the Queen Consort. And it just totally threw me. I was like... Oh, wow. <laughs> like, I knew obviously it was going to change at some point from Her Majesty to the King. But it was like, okay, this is this is new, right? Okay, let's, uh, let's try and get on
0: board with it. Yeah, we also had a picture, didn't we, of the King with the red boxes containing papers from governments and the Commonwealth. We also know that the Queen received these every day except Christmas Day during her reign. So I think these boxes are so synonymous with the role of monarch. So to see him with that it just like mentally your mindset just switches and oh she's not here anymore so i think we're going to have a lot of these moments aren't we where we're just like oh it's not the queen it's the king
1: but did you notice there was a lovely photo in the background of a then princess elizabeth and prince philip and it was kind of like don't worry she's always there yeah she's she's still here (laughs) yeah she's not but in spirit she's always here
0: yeah it's kind of like she'll never be replaced yeah exactly exactly also, we saw King Charles's new cipher this week, Rach. What did you think of this? We haven't spoken about this actually, Rach. What, what did no. you think of the design?
1: Well, there was a few that was released, wasn't there? There was one that was coloured and then there were two that were black and white. And one was the Crown of England and one was the Crown of Scotland. I liked it. But again, it's just something new. And we'll start over time seeing these emblems placed on buildings and post boxes. And we actually saw this week letters coming out from Buckingham Palace, which is the first time that this new cipher would have been used.
0: Yeah, and a cipher is just like a monogram, isn't it? It's like a logo. It's yeah. a logo of the monarch. And do you know what? I did a bit of research on this, Rach. And a cipher actually traces back to Henry the because not many people at that time would have actually seen the monarch in person or like in pictures, because obviously you know it was that way back when. This actual cipher is the representation of the monarch's identity, so it was super important way back when for this cipher to be seen by people, because otherwise they would never really have connections or to see a monarch. So it was very important. And you just mentioned the crowns. Charles is using the Tudor crown, like his grandfather, George VI, and the queen used the St. Edward's crown. I think the king had like 10 designs to choose from, and they were all created by the College of Arms. This was actually hand-picked by the king. And the one thing I'm going to say about it, the first thing I thought of as soon as I saw it was the C is in the R and then the leg is going through. It just, for me, it just felt weird. The more I've looked at it, the more I understand it's regal and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know, my first instinct was like, oh, that looks a bit weird. I don't think I like it. Not, not in the sense of like, oh, it's the king. I don't want to cipher. It was like, oh, is that it? Like, I thought they'd come up with something way better. It just looks like every other monogram. Yeah. And I think as well, the coloured one, at first I was a bit like, Hmm, what is this? I preferred the black and white version. Yeah. So C is for Charles and R is for Rex, which is Latin for King. So if you were wondering what the CR meant, that's exactly what it is. And we've got the cipher changing and also things like red boxes we were just talking about. Yeah, That'll have this cipher on it. You mentioned the red letter boxes, but it'll also change on things like medals, military uniforms, buttons and insignias. And what I found so interesting is the cipher of Queen Elizabeth and King George VI was mixed together for the next 10 years after King George had passed away. It wasn't until the 60s that it was completely just Queen Elizabeth's cipher. So I think this is going to be a long-standing thing. And you can even find letterboxes with like the abdicated King's cipher on them. We need to find some actually. It's like little Easter egg hunt. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, definitely. Just a tiny up the the info of the new stuff changing the bank of england is releasing updated designs based on the king for the money but do you know what they're not expected to go into circulation until mid 2024 so we might see a little trickle but until wow we back, only the king will be mid 2024 so this is going to be a slow burn it's not going to be like yeah. oh here we go give all your queen coins and money into the bank and swap them for the king it's not going to be like that it's not going to be like that at all. So bizarre. Um, I just want to add,
1: world community. if you've been listening to the podcast for a while or you've joined and you've listened back, I said to Michelle, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to eat your words and you have to eat your words now, Michelle, because God, all not. along I said, Charles would be King Charles oh she's loving
0: this fact royal community she's (laughs) loving it I'm glad we didn't put (laughs) any money on this I have to say he's going to be King Arthur I I said I would love him to be King Arthur I would love him to be King Arthur you did you did get it right Rach you did (laughs) thank you very much (laughs) I'm going to say it right now it's going to be King William (laughs) Uh, um, also just to wrap up the Royal Mail has announced they're going to be issuing four commemorative stamps in memory of the late Queen Elizabeth available on the 10th of November so yeah I mean they're little pictures of the Queen so you would have seen them before but on little stamps I think this is just so cute and great for a stamp collector absolutely which we're not <laughs> which we're not nice. but maybe we should start <laughs> maybe we'll start a little Queen Elizabeth collection <laughs> goodness me that is the wrap-up really of the changes whilst the period of mourning is finished and then we're moving into the reign of the king but we thought we'd just do a little round-up now of the royal engagements that have happened during that week of mourning so rachel what have we got going on yeah so
1: there were several engagements carried out this week to thank people that were involved in the queen's funeral so we had the princess royal Hobnob. Yeah, go (laughs) Hobnob. She visited Portsmouth Naval Base and met with personnel who took part in the funeral procession. And actually, Anne is Commodore in Chief of the Naval Base. And you probably would have seen she wore the Navy uniform over the last week or two. Yeah. She also, as Colonel in Chief of the Royal Logistics Corps and Royal Corps of Signal, visited St Omar Barracks to say thanks for providing logistical support. Yeah, because I think a lot of people
0: forget it is all that logistical support that makes it. Yeah. It's not just the pomp and ceremony. There's things happening that we'll never know about, but they've had such a massive effect impact. on whether that was yeah, impact on whether that was a successful funeral or not and they did
1: an excellent job. Fantastic. So we also had the Earl of Wessex and his role as royal colonel of the 2nd Battalion, the Rifles and Royal Honorary Colonel of the Royal Wessex Yeomanry, And he visited troops in Estonia and Germany, where he viewed tributes
0: to the Queen and recognised their service to her throughout her life. I was really surprised when I saw the Princess Royal and the Earl of Wessex had actually left for some engagements, because I think it was like a day or two after the funeral, right? Yeah.
1: You know, there were so many hundreds and thousands of people that were involved in putting this one event together. And if they can show their appreciation in that little way, then I I think that's absolutely brilliant. Like we said, they were still technically in royal mourning, but this was part of their duty as a member of the family to give their thanks. And then we also had... Our new Prince and Princess of Wales, we haven't really spoken about them yet, over their new titles, have we? (laughs) No. They made a surprise visit to Windsor Guildhall. Obviously, now they live in Windsor. Yeah. And they met with volunteers and operational staff. And William commented that seeing the flowers were really moving. And he also said, it's the things that you don't expect that get you. Paddington got me quite choked up. Yeah. And he also referred to the five rainbows that were seen after the Queen's death. And Catherine actually said Her Majesty was looking down on us. And I just thought that was so sweet. If you're religious out there, if you think it was Her Majesty,
0: something up there was smiling down that day, weren't they? I really love this engagement. And the reason why is because... I felt there was a real connection and not to say that the Prince and Princess of Wales don't have that connection on other engagements, but they were worried about the people who supported them. Catherine was asking about how did you feel emotionally rather than just the logistics of it. Yeah. And one thing that William said, which I absolutely loved and I kind of got a bit choked up about, is he mentioned that the Queen had said the only place that it never rained was when she went to the Cenotaph and it rained everywhere else, but it did not rain at the Cenotaph and he said I bet it's going to be raining this year and I was like oh William how dare you
1: say that oh bless him and what I loved about this engagement was the unsung heroes that normally get forgotten about the street cleaners all of these people that you don't really think of But actually, they had a huge involvement on the day. The volunteers, people guiding people along the mile, just everyday people. Some of these people weren't even being paid. They were just doing it because they wanted to be part of history as such. And that was
0: their little way of contributing to that day. Yeah, and it's interesting when you say that, actually, because Catherine had remarked about all the parking that was available that just popped up out of nowhere. And she'd even said even the children had remarked that there was parking and (laughs) even they had noticed that there was a change. Again, an amazing engagement. Didn't expect them to see them out in these seven days, but it was excellent to see all of the family members saying thank you in their own way. Right, we also had a release date for season five of The Crown, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which will be airing on November the 9th on Netflix. As The King has risen in popularity in the last few weeks, it has been rumored that Buckingham Palace want a disclaimer to say that the show is a drama. Of course, we know it's based on true events, but it's dramatized for an audience and some people take the show as verbatim. Episode 30, we break down the whole season one of the crown and we had so many messages afterwards i didn't know that i didn't realize that wasn't true we're like it is (laughs) a drama based on historical events yeah it's not verbatim and we even said that in that episode this should have a disclaimer at the start it 100% needs to but especially now because we've got the king we've got the queen consort and their history is going to just be right up there in people's consciousness
1: Yeah, because season five is going to be
0: the split of Diana and Charles. We've already seen that they haven't been very nice to the Queen Consort in previous seasons. So I wonder what they're going to do in season five.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it'll be very interesting because you have, even now, Diana fans. And you know, we have said it time and time again, Diana is an icon. We loved Diana, but she was no angel either. And I think sometimes if you don't necessarily know the history of Diana, Camilla and Charles, you're going to take that show and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he was so wicked to her. And it's like, no, no, no. Take a step back, actually do some research. This is a drama. This is for entertainment purposes. Obviously, it is based loosely on true events. We understand that. But go into it thinking, this is a fantastic drama. Mm -hmm. Don't go into it and, you know, I don't know, Charles says a few sentences and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe he said that. No. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Apart from like if they've given an interview and they are actually dramatizing the interview, everything else is made up. Nobody said anything to anybody else. It's a made up script. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And the thing is as well, like we know, and we spoke about this a few weeks ago, that season six of The Crown, obviously they've not even started filming that yet, will have William and Catherine being played. So um, I think that season is when the car crash is going to happen. Yeah. But what a lot of people need to remember as well is that once Diana and Charles got divorced, and especially the last like, year or so before she passed away, they were on very good terms. They actually had a really good relationship at that point. It was only during their marriage that it was clear that they weren't happy together.
0: Well, I'm sure... I'm sure, Rach. We're going to have so much to say about The Crown when it gets released and watch out for our YouTube channel because we'll definitely do a review of the trailer when it comes out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you. I did it for Bridgerton. I'm thinking I might book the day of work when it
1: comes out. So I can just binge watch it all. (laughs) Yeah. Oh... And this is not gonna be
0: anything like that terrible film, Spencer, the worst film I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, let's put it this way: the crown is excellent, isn't it? Regardless of whether it gets everything right, it's an excellent way of introducing the monarchy to people who are not part of the royal community. My brother-in-law has started watching The Crown. And I think he's had like a deeper understanding of the duty that's connected to the monarchy. You can be quite naive to their role and just think it's the smoke and mirrors of the the crown and the the money and stuff. But when you get to the nitty gritty of it, you really think, "Wow, could I do that myself?" And I definitely know I probably couldn't do that. No, I mean don't get me wrong, we did queue for thirteen hours. <laughs> I think <laughs> after that, we could do anything. <laughs> I'm Also, I'm not comparing 13 hours to 70 years. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not sure what I'm talking about, we queued for 13 hours to see Her Majesty lying in state. And I'll leave a link in the show notes if you want to watch the video. It's going to be interesting, Rach, the Netflix it crown. Is. Do you know what? One of my friends said this week, she said, and I, I wonder whether this is going to be a talking point for us, and maybe we can even do this um, in another podcast, but she said... Now Charles is king because he isn't as popular. I wonder whether we'll see a dip in popularity for the whole brand of royal. Mm. And I think that'll be quite interesting to see as it plays out over the year or two as we move into this new normal. Yeah, definitely. Well, the crown has got a lot to answer for, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> a lot to answer for. A lot to answer for, especially because they've been married for 17 years now. And I guess we're preempting it. We don't really know yet. But let's hope it doesn't tarnish a 17 year amazing run of hard work and dedication. That's what I think.
1: So that's it for the royal roundup for this week. Let's move on to the royal news.
0: Rachel! The Prince and Princess of Wales are in Wales! Yay! Yay! She's your own country! <laughs> I'm so excited. Like, you know me. I think the Prince and Princess of Wales should live in Wales it's just is a prerequisite of the title but that's not the case there is a lot of disruption with whether Prince William should have been given the title Prince of Wales maybe we could go into that in another podcast but it's quite interesting how different Catherine and William were when they went to Wales they were having selfies with people they were allowing people to come really close to them and it's something we never really see on Royal Engagements but I have to say I definitely think because there's been Protests in Wales about the Prince and Princess of Wales's title—that is a tongue twister. I think they've really gone on the charm offensive with these two engagements. Yeah.
1: Well, he did say, didn't he, the other week when he was still in Royal Morning that he wanted to visit Wales at the earliest opportunity, and I knew that before they did anything else, you know, tour in any other city or town in the UK they would go to Wales. It had to be done, right? It just had to be. Because I think the people of Wales, you don't live in Wales anymore, but as a Welsh person, you probably felt that if they had gone somewhere else, you would be like, hang on a minute, you're the Prince and Princess of Wales, get your butt in Wales. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. I completely agree with you, Rach. And as a Welsh person, it is so important who has that Prince and Princess of Wales title, because when they go anywhere in the world. They represent Wales. Some people do not understand that the United Kingdom is actually split up into different countries. And Wales is one of those countries. It isn't England. It isn't Scotland. It isn't Northern Ireland. It is its own thing. It's Wales. We have our own culture, our own language. And the fact that we've now got Catherine and William representing us with our country's name in their title is a big deal it's a big deal for them to represent Wales. And I think they will do a good job. But I think a lot of people in Wales have felt a bit strange that it's an English prince with a Welsh title. But we've always thought that along the line. And there've always been protests, even when King Charles became Prince of Wales way back when. So it's not a new thing, but it's also quite fresh. And it's quite interesting to see, actually, how embraced they were by the Welsh people. But they have had protests as well. So, Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Anglesey, Rach, because they started their first engagement in Anglesey, which is such an important place for them because it's the first place they lived once they were married. Yeah, when uh, when William was an ambulance pilot. I think when they went there, it was a sense of coming home. Even yeah. though they don't live there anymore, but it was really lovely. So they went to the Royal National Lifeboat Institute and they were just having like lots of amazing inter- interactions there. They also saw this little tiny boy with oh. flowers. Oh, it was amazing, wasn't it? It was so cute. I put a photo
1: on our Instagram actually, and the little boy's face was like a shock and awe moment. And I would be yeah. like,
0: Yeah, that's how I would react if I met Catherine Williams. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? His mum was actually on TV talking. She'd given an interview and she said, I was taken to school. And then I realized this is such a historic moment for him to see royalty. And she said, I took him out of school and I just took him to the engagement. And it just so happened that he gave flowers to Catherine. And met the he was a future king, and she said, "This is going to be a moment that he'll never forget, and how historic it was." I'm glad I made the decision. Yeah, I think what was lovely as well is that
1: when they first arrived and they was meeting people in the lineup, you could hear William saying, "You know, so many memories were coming back to him because, yeah. like you said, like they spent the first few years of their marriage and um, when they had Prince George. That's where they went back to Anglesey to live with him when he was a baby, and so." I think over time um, it's said that they will go back before Christmas and I'm, I'm really hoping that in the coming years, with their new titles, that we will see them more in Wales and they will take their children, not just on a official capacity as Prince and Princess, but going for holidays and just being around the Welsh people. Because I can imagine it could be a bit like how Balmoral was for the Queen, mm. whereas once you've seen William and Catherine and the kids around a
0: few times, it's kind of like, right, you've seen us now, let us get on with our lives. And also there are landscapes within Wales that you wouldn't see people for miles. North Wales in particular is, well, I'm going to be biased and say the whole of Wales is amazing, but places in Snowdonia are just specta- outstanding beauty. Um, and who wouldn't want to live there? That's what I say. She yeah. says living in England. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always said, actually, I'm probably going to retire to Snowdonia. Um, <laughs> but I tell you what was lovely: the little boy um, had his school uniform on, obviously because his mum said he was going to take him to school. And he did his tie up, and Catherine said, "Oh, your tie is so very well neatly, uh, you know, tied." And she said, I'm teaching George how to tie his tie because he has to wear one now whilst he's going to his new school. I was like, oh, can you just imagine Catherine teaching you how to do a tie? Oh, how lovely. It's so cute,
1: isn't it? So there was an Anglesey in the morning slash the start of the afternoon. And then they went to Swansea, which is in South Wales. And they visited St. Thomas' Church, which has facilities for the homelessness. They have a food bank and they work with a charity called Baby Basics which is, you know, these... um, They're like starter kits for new mums, aren't they? New parents. Yeah, exactly. And the sweetest moment (laughs) was little two-year-old Charlotte who was dressed in such an adorable traditional Welsh outfit wasn't she? Yeah. She looked so adorable. Catherine said to her oh I've got my own
0: Charlotte at home. (laughs) Yeah I know adorable. (laughs) And
1: she was just following Catherine around
0: everywhere that she went (laughs) wasn't she? (laughs) Yeah absolutely. One thing I would say is we did a Wales special Um, I'll pop the link in the show notes a podcast back in March when it was St. David's Day so if you want to know a bit more about wales you can head on over to that episode and little charlotte was actually wearing like you said a traditional head-to-toe welsh costume the welsh bonnet the little apron we call it a pinny like it's just it was so adorable you mentioned something rachel which i'm gonna say and i hope you don't mind me saying this on your behalf but rachel said princess diana was the people's princess. But Catherine is the children's princess. And ever since I heard you say that, I just loved it because there's something about Catherine that when she's around children, they just gravitate yeah. towards her and they light up. They just wanna be around her energy. Mm-hmm. And she's really got something, hasn't she, that just connects to younger children.
1: Yeah, and I just think, you know, we not, don't see them behind closed doors, but I can just imagine her being such a great mum. The way you see her with kids, how she interacts with them, like you said, they just gravitate towards her. And it's just it's just adorable to see. She has, what, like what the Queen had in a way, is, you know, she's this important person in her role. But she, I guess, makes people feel at ease as well. Because when you saw them on the walkabout, she was chatting to members of the public and we've seen over like the last few days people have been commenting saying they were just so lovely they were so down to earth
0: and you know what's really funny they were given a hamper with some barra brith in it which is like a, lo- a a welsh loaf bread with like raisins and stuff like that in it and Catherine picked, oh barra brith like she knows what that is because when she was living in Anglesey she would have had bara brith because everyone has bara brith in Wales yeah and i just wanted to go here's the welsh <laughs> <kids> for Catherine <laughs> so Royal community, I punched the air (laughs) during the King's speech when he mentioned the titles. And even my husband next to me, because he was kind of there for moral support because he knew he was going to cry, he was literally like what? Uh, and I was like, say Catherine, say Catherine, Princess of Wales. And he was like, the Prince of Princess of Wales. And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I do appreciate not every single person in Wales feels the same way as me, but I am so thrilled that they have those titles because I think they will run with it. I'm just so excited to see what's coming next.
1: What was great was to see them interacting with the public. William was chatting to this woman who works on a train that William used to go on when he was living in Anglesey. So he went back and forth between London and Anglesey. And he thought he was going incognito, he had a cap on, and she would serve him his tea. <laughs> and she actually said, I know who you were all along. <laughs> I'm like, William, do you honestly think nobody's going to recognise you just because you've got a cap on? <laughs> He'd be the worst spy ever, wouldn't he? And did you also so see fun. that um, woman she said something he she said something to them? William said, Oh, we're looking for a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> ah,
0: we like, this is what I'm saying. I think they were so like transactional, they were so connected yeah. to meeting people there. Uh, well, I think the police officers were having a bad day, wasn't they? Because it was just so was many just crowds <laughs> yeah. all around. There was people like looking over the walls, there was people coming out of their houses. Yeah. It was a big deal, and there was a photo that <laughs> our favourite will
1: to talk about, Chris Jackson. <laughs>
0: Chris Jackson, we love you. Him,
1: he put up on his Instagram, on his Twitter, and he was like, "Where's William?" Because it was literally like this, <laughs> this crowd of people, and it was you couldn't yeah. in, literally really looking, you couldn't really see him because mm. there was just so many people. And that's what's great about these interactions and these walkabouts, because, like you said, people that don't necessarily—I mean, we've never seen, we've never met any of them, have we? Personally, we've never nope. shook their hand. So for them to, you know, come out of their houses and for William and Catherine to be on their street... On their streets, yeah. You know, what yeah. what a thing to say. You met the Prince and
0: Princess of Wales in Wales mm. in your own backyard as such. <laughs> Absolutely. But we also heard this week, Rach, that there might not possibly be an investiture for William because we had a massive investiture at Carnarvon Castle for the then Prince Charles. And I don't think this is going to happen this time. No, I think because as well... We've said
1: it before, rural community, and I don't know where you are in the world, what your situation is in the country you live in. But here in the UK, we're going through a cost of living crisis. And I think it would just not seem appropriate to be holding such a big event when people are really struggling to pay their bills, to put food on the table, to heat their houses, especially now we're coming up for winter. It's going to be so much harder for people. And um, Catherine actually did say that it was places like St. Thomas's Church. That were really needed in the communities because it's those hubs that people are going to gravitate towards because so many people are going to need the help in the next coming months. And as well as it's been great to see William and Catherine this is what these walks about and these Royal Visits do is they bring these charities and these organisations to the forefronts of their minds.
0: Yeah. With every podcast we've done, with every bit of content we put out, if there is a charity connected or an organisation, we'll always put the links in the show notes. So if you feel like donating to any of the causes that the Royals connect to, you're more than welcome to do that. It's so important for us that if you want to give back Royal Community, you have those links at your disposal to do that. This is what it's about being a royal isn't it shining a light on these organisations these charities these churches that are so pivotal to our community and to help people in their hour of need absolutely so that's our episode for today Royal Community feels a bit weird yeah, it does doesn't feel it weird. feels <laughs> a little bit strange to have some music back on the podcast yeah. and to talk about you know introducing the Royal News again the Royal Roundup and to not kind of like cry on an yeah. episode <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so don't forget royal community if you'd like to be a part of any episode that we do in the future leave us a voice note on our instagram keeping up with the windsor's pod and we'll try and incorporate that into next week's episode or any
0: upcoming episodes that we have you can tell us what your favorite royal is you can tell us about any of the topics we brought up today did you ever meet a royal send in your voice notes we'd love to play him on the podcast you can also email us at keeping up the windsor's pod at gmail.com and don't forget,
1: we also have a YouTube channel, which is also called Keeping Up With the Windsors.
0: We hit 1,000 subscribers this week, Rach. Whee! Get in there! <laughs> Amazing. If you would love to support Rachel and I, you can over on Ko-fi. The link is in the show notes. And if you loved the episode, please leave us a five-star review and share it with anyone you know who loves the Royals as much as we do. Thank you so much for being here. We're back to normal. It feels weird, but we're keeping on going. Royal community, we can do this together. We'll see you next week on Keeping Keep up, up With The, the winners.